welcome to this new episode of the Smart and Sustainable City podcast. The European Network of Living Labs, ENEL, is the international federation of benchmarked living labs in Europe with a global reach. Founded in November 2006 under the auspices of the Finnish European Presidency, the network has recognized over 440 living labs to date and counts over 160 active living labs members on five continents. Living labs are all about user-centric open innovation and co-creation in smart and sustainable cities. They use research and innovation processes in real-life communities and settings. Our guest today is Kun Verfurt. Kun is the network builder at Enel. If you're interested to create a living lab or accelerate your existing one, Kun shares some recipes to accelerate innovation in a multi-stakeholder environment. My name is uh, real Flemish and hard to pronounce. It's Koen Vervoort. Uh, I'm the network builder at Enol, uh, and Enol is the European network of living labs. I have been involved into what we call open innovation ecosystems since, let me think, 2006, I think. I was involved into the first ever living lab initiative within Belgium. And from there onwards, I uh, worked for uh, the IMEC institution, which is a, a research institution funded by the Flemish government around ICT. And very recently, at the beginning of 2020, made the change to what uh, I call the European level uh, within the European Network of Living Labs to manage our members. What is a living lab? Well, um, very good question. That would take us already probably three hours to explain because there's no such thing like one definition of uh, a living lab. So a living lab is an open innovation ecosystem in which multiple stakeholders come together in an active way. So we always call it a quadruple helix engagement model. And the quadruple helix uh, represents then public organizations people, uh, organizations, private companies, and academia. So therefore, we could call it the quadruple helix. More and more uh, initiatives added uh, the environment, so nature to it. So we are more and more talking about a quintuple helix. You have how many living labs that are part of your network? Well, um, Enol is uh, here since the, the end of 2009, so we are around for approximately 12 years in the meanwhile. And over those years, we have certified, because we have a labeling and certification process, nearby 500 living labs, of which at this moment, approximately uh, 160, 165 are still active within our network. And we are called, although we are called European Network of uh, Living Labs, uh, we have, let's say, one out of five, which is uh, outside the European borders. Uh, so, so Asia, Australia, uh, Northern America, and Southern America, even Africa. So, uh, I saw you cover all continents. That is absolutely amazing. Yes, of course, the, the main focus is uh, within the European setting. Uh, but uh, we do have... Uh, Especially Asia is, is strongly focused on, on living lab methodologies as well already. Australia is picking it up uh, quite uh, heavenly now. And, and in the meanwhile, 
through Canada, uh, the, the Northern Americans are doing the same. Africa and South America are not so active at this moment, but that's good news for us Then there are two continents to deploy. So, so still opportunity for, for growth? Yes, of course. And that's, of course, the, 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 the intention. Well, not growth itself, but we want, what we want to do is to, in, indeed, like you mentioned, interconnect all those continents and try to prevent our members from having to reinvent wheels. Because a, a lot of our Living Lab initiatives, they do a trial and error project, and then another one starts doing a similar project, and then you can learn from each other. So that's why we as a network are trying to interconnect our members as highly as possible. Of course, a Living Lab is a way of thinking, a way of running projects, a way of running an organization in which you try to actively involve all those particular stakeholders, which I was mentioning before. Actively, then we really mean actively, not just asking them a question and then never look back. Now, uh, create and ideate uh, solutions and services from the start till the implementation into the market with the feedback given by those stakeholders. The World Economic Forum is talking about the stakeholder economy. What you described is an assembly of those stakeholders. How do they collaborate together? Well, of course, it, it differs from, from, from topic to topic. Eh? You have areas where, where the cooperation between public administration and citizens is a, a bit more difficult, let's say. But the whole idea behind a living lab is that public administration listens to the citizens and what they really have to say, what are their troubles, and then try to gather with them, try to fix them. And so stakeholder economy would mean because such living labs are uh, a method to, to speed up the, the implementation processes and the innovation processes eh? from, from ID to the end, uh, therefore are, of course, very valuable for all those involved stakeholders to, to gain time, effort, and get to better results. Kern, you mentioned there are different types of living labs. So mm -hmm. is there a magic formula or secret recipe on how to start a living lab? Is it a citizen engagement or is it the city that provokes the creation of a living lab? How, how do all those people get together? So if, so if a listener is interested to create a living lab, where, where to start? Uh, most living labs are funded, uh, founded through a funding mechanism. So they first are a living lab project before they come a sustainable uh, living lab organization. Therefore, a, a project with the four phases from ideation to, to validation is founded most of the time via academia or via uh, funding mechanisms from, from governments. And so EC is highly active. Certainly in Belgium, the governments are active in funding living lab programs. And from there, most of the time, half of them become sustainable. That's how it usually starts. And uh, when I was mentioning before about we have uh, certified 500 living labs and we still have only 165 active ones is because over time, of course, sometimes those projects which are running for three to five years, they slowly uh, have a, a scenario where they, they fade out. That's a bit how it works. Most of the time, it's research centers and public administrations founding it. Very rarely citizens themselves. It happens, but very rarely. And sometimes private companies in the search for speeding up the innovation process from their services or products come to research centers and then work together in, in 
setting up a living lab. What actually happens in a living lab? Is it all about innovation, identifying a problem to solve in a particular city, and then gathering intelligence to solve it? Yes, that, that, that's pretty accurate, uh, actually, because what, what a living lab is different from any other very good open innovation systems which are out there is uh, two things, actually. We take a life cycle approach with iterative loops. Eh? So a life cycle approach means first ideation, then co-creation or co-design, then experimentation, and then validation. Within all those phases and throughout the whole process, we take an iterative approach. By this, I mean you do a first activity in, let's say, need finding at the beginning. And based on the need finding of the stakeholders which you uh, questioned, uh, then their feedback is taken into the co-creation phase. There, together with the same stakeholders or different stakeholders, you co-design, co-create, and from there you're going to test with stakeholders. And then comes the second big difference compared to what we call makerspace or fab labs or smart city uh, environments. We're going to test and experiment with those co-designed solutions or services within the real-life settings of those users, let's say. And the user can be either a public servant in a city environment or a citizen or a company or uh, even the academia inside the city environment. So the real life setting is crucial in a living lab as well. And so instead of bringing the people to your lab, we bring the lab to the people. They all have uh, six common elements. And so real life settings, active user involvement, and so not just developing something and then ask for feedback and then see whether you're going to do something with it, yes or no. Eh? Multiple stakeholder uh, involvement. So it's not only public administration and citizens. No, we, we take in a private company or we, we, we build the methodology uh, via academia. Of course, co-creation, which I already mentioned, the life cycle approach, and the, the sixth one would be oh yeah, the orchestration. So... That, that's maybe an interesting part because uh, a living lab most of the time has a core team, of course, uh, to run operations. And what they will do is orchestrate all the activities and make sure that all these different stakeholders keep understanding what they are doing, what, 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 what's the horizon, uh, where are we going to, and to keep in, 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 in line where we are aiming. I hear in the methodology some... A uh, reminder of uh, design thinking methodology. Is this yes. something that has inspired your approach? Well, I, I think those, those, those two approaches has uh, grown organically over the, the past two decades, two, three decades already, actually. And inside Living Labs, we, we use many times design, uh, service design or, or production design methodology. A very popular way of, 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 of co-creating, for instance, uh, at this moment are the, the, the Lego Serious Play Brick uh, workshops and all that kind of stuff. So what we try to do within the Eno network is to collect all those tools and those methods which all our members or uh, non-members which we ran into via conferences or other uh, projects where we are involved in and uh, create a catalog so that whenever someone comes to us and say, okay, at this moment, I have no clue what would be the best. Then we reach out to our uh, uh, co-creation expert in our team and, and, and she will be looking for the best fit. 
design thinking is uh, often a part of uh, a living. I see on your website that you have a very interesting H2020 project mm -hmm. called iScape. And iScape aims to develop and evaluate an integrated strategy for air pollution control in European cities. How is Inol and its living labs getting engaged and involved into iScape? Uh, yes, so yeah, indeed, iScape was focusing on air pollution inside cities, and what we we uh, they came to us at Inol and they said, okay, we we want to install the living lab way of thinking inside this uh, uh, approach, and together with them, we built it up the living lab track inside that H twenty twenty project, and uh, decided on on picking uh, six members from our network uh, to to be. To, to be founding a living lab around air pollution in the city. So we took, uh, for instance, uh, Dublin and Ireland was there, and we had Vanta in, 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 in Finland, but as well Bologna in the south of uh, 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 Europe, and, and Hasselt, which is actually my hometown uh, in, in, in Belgium. And together with, with, with uh, the, the universities over there and, and the public administrations, we went to the citizens of those particular cities and we went to, to identify uh, what needs to be done and, and then together with them create a living lab project. So you responded with six living labs together mm -hmm. to this call for tender on the H2020 project of the European Union and then were winning this, this budget mm -hmm. and are running this uh, program now with mm -hmm. six living labs. Is, is this how it works? Yes, that's correct. And, and, and in fact, the, the living lab tracks have uh, been finished now and then in the end we have... Uh, uh, gained some some very nice results actually, uh, which you can uh, indeed find on 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 the on the website of Icecape uh, as well. Uh, there is even an, a handbook around it, so that this can be reproduced in other European cities because that was of course a part of the of the aim. Uh, how can we then later on scale this up to other regions or cities to provide them with the outcomes of the living labs? Uh, the living labs all had of course different. Uh, troubles and they focused on uh, slightly different uh, solutions and or services but the main framework let's say the methodology on, on how to involve all the stakeholders inside that project was delivered to 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 the project via the exports which we have in our network eh? so we have a capacity building program and there we try to link experts from the field, from the living labs field in different uh, uh, domains to, to those that kind of projects. And they are then involved together with us. When we go on the NL.org site, mm -hmm. I do see a number of projects uh, published. Mm -hmm. iScape was an interesting example, but there are many more mm -hmm. uh, that you seem to be engaged on. Since we are uh, such a large network, uh, we, we highly get some, I, I, we get very regular requests to participate in, 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 in what they call proposals and, and, and projects. Unfortunately, we cannot uh, participate in all of them, of course. But uh, at the moment, we are in, in the middle of uh, five European projects running, and there are, I think, three more to come before the end of this year. The new ones 
are mainly uh, driving around uh, the environment. Uh, there are water living labs to be founded, uh, which is a new emerging topic within the living lab ecosystem. And the other emerging topic is agriculture and agri-food. So the safety from the steak on your plate back to the cow, which is being uh, treated well to provide that nice steak in a, a secure way. So when you look at the website, indeed, you will find a, a wide variety. So on the other hand, besides iScape, we have a Unilab uh, project, which is running right now and which is somehow similar to iScape, but more broad, not focused on air pollution alone. But we, we are doing the same things there and providing support uh, in methodologies and framework and setting up living labs to cities who wants to create urban nature solutions. So NL is quite an interesting organization because on one side, you're enabling some living labs mm -hmm. to accelerate their setup and performance in their own city or mm -hmm. in their own location. On the other side, you have a set of processes and procedures as well as connection and access to budgets that will enable some of those living labs to connect together mm -hmm. to be able to bid to some of those projects and budgets access. Yes, that's correct. So we see it as one of our main services to all the members of our network to, to whenever a, a, a one individual member comes upon a, a certain call, uh, which is interesting that we can help them to find those connecting living labs within the same cluster of fields. And furthermore, we, we even turn it around. So we try to, to scan as much relevant calls from EC, mainly yeah, because of the, the main group of our living labs is inside the European borders still. Uh, and then divide this information to, to our members and say, okay, this might be really interesting for you to, to participate. And if you look for partners, you might look at living lab X, Y, and Z to work together uh, because then you have a stronger case. Anyhow, we have a golden rule that that, that Enol, uh, Enol as the network and then the office team from Enol will never participate in any project without having at least one member with us in the in the project. Uh, so we are not here to compete with our members. We are here to support those members. Uh. What we try to focus on quite much and, and try to invest on, on a continuous basis is uh, to, to know as much as possible from our members to be able to connect them better to other peers uh, inside and outside the network. So uh, that's one thing. And indeed, like you mentioned, uh, another focus point of us is to, to create that vertical connection. Uh, so how can a small living lab in a small rural area in Serbia uh, get to that European money uh, without knowing the people within all these institutions and units within the EC? So... Yes, we try to keep up the, the connections with the EC uh, decision makers and the policy makers. We even try to influence calls. Uh, so let's uh, try to, to, to add the living lab methodology to calls which are relevant for society, but where living lab methodologies are not infused yet by working together. And so uh, we'll probably come back to this later briefly on our digital living lab days conference in september but the main goal there is actually not only knowledge sharing between members and non-members and all the attendees but putting together those decision makers from different levels inside europe with our members and interested parties i see on your website there's a very clear description given mm -hmm. to each living lab mm -hmm. 
And for example, I'm looking now on, at uh, a living lab called Mind Lab, mm -hmm. which is in Valladolid in Spain. Mm -hmm. And they talk about their structure, their services, as well as some references and track records of yes. projects they've been engaged on. Mm -hmm. Do you see a lot of those best practices being shared from one living lab to another? Yes, that's another uh, uh, focus point of the network. Eh? So learn by 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 doing. Eh? So don't reinvent the wheel, like I was mentioning already before. So when uh, since we are such a large network with with quite a, a rich history in the meanwhile, eh? uh, all of our members have flagship projects, like you say, best practices. Eh? So our conference again is, is is mainly about this as well. So so members get the opportunity to share the results. Uh, of those uh, good practices via an academic pep paper, sorry, or, or, or an interactive workshop uh, to show the tools or methodologies which were developed inside those best practices. And we try to do this in, an, in, in, an, in a clustered way so that, that uh, within the, the full basket of, of, of eggs, uh, the, the chicken can still find the egg, which is the most attractive to, to them. Uh, because like I said, uh, living labs are within all city domains from A to Z. So we created some verticals around, uh, for instance, health and well-being, which is a logic one, uh, uh, energy and environment, but also AI, for instance, but not just technology of AI, but then how does AI affect the, the, the society inside cities and, uh, and, and outside cities, so the social impact of AI. And then the, and, and another important one is social innovation and digital, right? So make sure that uh, anyone can innovate and, and benefit from those. So actually the tagline from Enol is empower everyone to innovate and we strongly believe that. Can I see uh, a lot of those living labs mm -hmm. being in cities mm -hmm. and being an element of innovation for cities? Mm -hmm. I see Bilbao, I see, I see Helsinki, I see um, uh, <laughs> Cornella mm -hmm. and, and many cities from Europe and around the world, mm -hmm. uh, actually. Do you see most living labs being in cities or do you start seeing the countryside also uh, having some living labs yes. develop? Well, it's true that the, 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 let's say the first living lab movements uh, over the years have been in city environments, but more and more uh, those living lab methodologies got infused into what we call rural and urban areas, uh, the not uh, large city environments. That's true. So yes, it is. And, and when you look at the society and uh, in a whole and, and the troubles which we are facing, uh, then you will find the same clusters and living lab emerging in the same trouble zones, let's say. So when we look now at, at emerging uh, living labs clusters, then we look at green living labs and everything to do with the climate change. For instance, we are uh, starting, like I was mentioning before, two water living labs. So water will be the new data uh, will be the new oil because it will become more scarce uh, and scarce uh, and therefore how can we from a living lab way uh, of view improve water management uh, not in only inside city environments but certainly in, in rural areas where there is uh, for instance a large uh, risk of flood or or that kind of thing. everything which comes with the water so not only too less but too many as well
Kun, you do have a number of activities and a number of events that enable your various living labs to mm-hmm. connect mm-hmm. and leverage best practices. Tell us about a couple of those events and activities that you do. So yes, the most important event which we do on an annual basis is our Open Living Lab Days conference at the beginning of September. Unfortunately, due to COVID, like uh, I think the whole globe uh, have had we had to make a shift to digital Living Lab Days, but we are trying to replicate the the experience of the Open Living Lab Days into the digital world. Digital Living Lab Days will run from the September two till September four, and it's our annual community event. We rather call it an event than a conference. Of course, it is conference because there will be presentations of, of the latest academic developments in, inside the Living Lab ecosystems. But the main focus is on topic debates and so create those, like I was mentioning before, interrelationship, the relationships between uh, EC people and members and, and, and other attendees and discuss about the trouble zones, which we were mentioning before. Another very important part of the conference is what we call interactive workshops. So it's a real challenge this year, but we are so happy that we, although it's new for everyone, uh, we, we got 25 plus applications for interactive workshops. And when we say interactive, it's really put on the sleeves of your shirt and start co-creating within that workshop. So it's not just a presentation and some Q&A. No, it's, a, it's the whole use of those uh, Living Lab tools and methods. Is the registration open for non-NL members? Of course. Our annual community event is open for everyone which is interested in, in, in what Living Labs are about and want to learn from them or want to learn something to us. Excellent. And I see a lot of uh, inspiring conferences and speakers, mm-hmm. as well as the ability to leverage best practices and understand what are the innovation forces mm-hmm. in Living Labs around the world. Mm-hmm. Another activity that I do see uh, Enol gets involved in is a, a virtual learning lab. Yes. Um, and I understand that is lasting eight weeks and is a whole program and a whole curriculum. Could you tell us a little more about this? Of course, with pleasure. Uh, what used to be a full day of interactive uh, teaching with the experts from our network, we have turned into a virtual learning lab course of eight weeks where from A to Z, from the start to the setup, you learn which elements are crucial to set up a living lab and which pitfalls are there to avoid. And we try to do this in a MOOC approach. So it will be, of course, presentations and best practices like we were mentioning before from experts from our network, then get interactive with the audience in the session, uh, give them a little piece of homework to to make that general more explanation uh, specified to their specific use case, put them in contact with the, with the experts on a visual level, and then on to the next module. It's an eight-week course, and we are very happy with it. It's the first ever, but we are sure that there are many, many more to come. Kern Verfort. Yes. I hope I'm pronouncing your name properly. Thank you very much. You're so welcome, Pierre. Thanks for having me, and uh, talk to you soon again. Thank you for listening to the Smart and Sustainable City podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. If you're responsible for a Smart City initiative, do reach out.